A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves' 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Five o'clock on the dot, in fact, here on 680 The Fan, 93.7 FM. It is Chuck and Chernoff. Heath Klein, Dylan Short in for Matt today. Of course, he's still floating around on a big old boat out there. And Charles is still here with us, as always. And we will keep you company for one more hour this afternoon here on 680 The Fan and 93.7 FM. A lot going on right now. We're getting closer and closer to the start of free agency, but... We're not there yet, which means, at least in the short term, where the most interesting info is going to come is with regards to a possible trade. And there's really only two quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are viewed as likely trade bait. We don't know if anybody's going to be willing to trade for Russell Wilson or not, or whether eventually he'll just hit the open market, but that's one guy. And then, of course, there is Justin Fields, who's been talked about for literally months as What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Basically, as soon as it became clear, holy cow, the Panthers are just an absolute train wreck grease fire. The Bears are going to have the number one pick again. This has been the conversation. If you have your choice of any quarterback you want, can you pass on it for the second year in a row and say we're going to stick with Justin Fields? And so far, all the buzz seems to be that the answer is no, that the Bears are going to this time unlike last year where they weren't maybe sold on any of these guys, that this year they are going to say, let's start fresh with a new rookie, five-year clock, and let's go move Justin Fields. And as Chuck mentioned earlier, Justin did something this week that upset some folks a little bit, got a lot of reaction, decided to unfollow the Bears on Instagram. Less 
focused on. He actually unfollowed the NFL on Instagram. Hey, on the gram. So maybe he's going, you know, to a different sport. Maybe hey, he's, he's going following, NHL now. But he's following Bijan. Yeah, I baby. think he favorited a Bijan tweet or something. He, yeah, he's he now he's BFF with uh, Drake, too. So let's let you hear, because this became a thing. It did. And so he went on one of the 93 million NFL podcasts hosted by active players now, specifically in this case, the St. Brown brothers. And this, this is what he was willing to say. But you know, Drake? Um, no, nah, not for real. I mean, we played against him, you know, these past two years, but I don't know. Right. Like that. I've been following for a minute, though. Yeah. I just know he's on the Falcons. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just, <laughs> just wondering why you followed Drake, if you knew him or something. Yeah, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know him like that, but... Yeah, good dude. Great dude. Great dude. You know, I see, you know, how we do this. So, yeah, not exactly total clarity there on why he decided to follow Drake London, Bijan Robinson. It's no secret that the Falcons have been one of the teams linked to him. As soon as it became clear, he might be traded. You look at it. It's the same GM that did not draft him when he could have drafted him. But Arthur Smith may have been a part of that conversation. So who knows? Maybe Fontenot is more impressed with him as a three-year into the league experienced option as opposed to viewing him as a raw prospect coming out of college. Obviously, there's also the reality that you're at eight, and so it's not a matter of do you think he's the best quarterback, period. It's is he the best quarterback available to you. Do either one of you hold this against him? Because some people kind of looked at this and were like, I don't want my quarterback doing anything that even remotely passes for drama. No. I don't had, want social media drama. Do you care? He also had comments about, I wish they would just go ahead and get it done. Like, he's just frustrated, and he's taking things personal and a little sensitive to it, and I get it. If there was public debate and online polls about, does Chuck Oliver suck at his job, <laughs> and should he be traded to Jacksonville? And or what? I was, yeah, I'm sure it does get old. Um, so that's the first thing following Drake. Maybe it's, he's, it's on the heels of those comments and he's, I'll stoke the fires. I don't know. Maybe Drake posted like an ab workout that Justin liked. And so from here too, maybe he's just a Falcons fan as well. Maybe. Um, but yeah, Justin, it's soured. It has soured in Chicago. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to take yes for an answer this time. Heath. to, to go back to what you said last year when they had the first overall pick and they were like quarterback, we think we have it in Justin. Maybe this year they're going to go ahead and take the quarterback. And I kind of, I don't really blame Justin for it. You talk about him taking it a little bit personally. I, I agree. He, he definitely is, but it kind of is something to take personally yes. a little bit because the bears have obviously had every opportunity to say, Nope, Justin's our guy. And if you're not willing to say, yeah, that's my guy. Why would you expect him to, reciprocate something that you are not giving him in the first place. And I get it now. Yeah. They don't want him there. Is, and so, is Justin a great quarterback? I don't know. I, the bears are, the bears are not run very well. They, it's not that they don't like Justin. They don't want him to be the quarterback anymore. This is business is all this right. is. And so now Justin's looking the other way, like making these, am I going to pine over these declarations over that doesn't want me? Yeah. And Chicago's like, Follow or unfollow whoever you want. We're taking Caleb. So you're not going to be our quarterback. Now, what Justin, I don't know if Justin cares, but maybe what he's not processing is if you really do want out, don't crater the market. Like, do something to create. Like, I'm a team guy and I'll do whatever's necessary and I'm here for the organization. All right, well, we got a third-round pick from fill-in-the-blank for you because, boy, that Justin, what a special kid. Well, he said throughout he would like to stay in Chicago, and everything I've heard from up there is that 
his teammates like him, that he's sure. he's considered a leader in the locker room. Like, you don't hear yeah, anything bad. but they don't bad. set the roster. No, the no but I'm just saying, you don't hear anything that leads you to question him as a guy you're bringing into your organization. No, no. The questions just... are obvious about just the on-field body of work is what it is. It got better in the second half of this year, but it's still not at the level that you would say that will win me what I want to win. And they're the only team that can get Caleb Williams for one draft pick. Yeah, and it, Everybody really, else has to pay more than one draft pick. And by the way, I'm not going to tell you right now that Caleb Williams is, I'm sure, fire going to be better than Justin Fields. And I think anybody that tells you, based on what they saw him do at USC, that dude is like, like I, we're, you you guys are both big college football fans. So you guys were seeing the same stuff I was. People trying to I love college football. compare him to like Patrick Mahomes and this. <laughs> for for things he's doing against. He would get either yeah. casual, I would hear lazy, but he with his throws sometimes, like in a game where it wasn't like, he's one of those guys that maybe one mistake or bad result could become two or three because he gets a little frustrated and it shows and you get a little loose with technique. I've heard all that stuff too. He's going first overall. Oh, sure. I've heard question. that he can be pouty and moody. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. He's going first overall. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Today, the Bears made their offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, available for the first time since they hired him. And why you would choose to do that Unless when you're, you're not prepared to actually say anything, I have no idea. But go figure. The Chicago media wanted to ask questions about the quarterback. Waldron refused to answer any of those questions, saying that he's messaged with Justin Fields. And when asked about Caleb Williams, quote, Obviously, he's one of them, referring to quarterbacks available in the draft. Why did you do that? I have no idea. Yesterday, though, in Chicago, 670 The Score, their premier sports station up there, had an afternoon QB1 town hall because there are so many Bears fans that do want to keep field. So what you're talking about there, Chuck, about him and just wanting this over with, I mean, just imagine that, that day after day, like, that they feel like they need to have like an in-studio town hall with with listeners asking questions and basically treating this like it's a political candidate. Keep fields. No, reject fields. It's like they're voting on a new stadium for the White Sox only with a quarterback. If the Bears only had their own first-round pick and they were sitting at 6 or 9 or 14 or whatever, they were somewhere other than the Caleb Williams slot, there's a chance the team may like Justin Fields. I've heard that the players like Justin Fields. Heard that the fans like Justin Fields. Heard that the team does not like Justin Fields to be their quarterback going forward in part because they have the first overall pick and Caleb is there. No, that's 100% what it is. Because yeah. this is so different than when Mitch Trubisky, they were saying, hey, we don't want him. Or Zach Wilson he's, can't he's play. He's go. terrible. Zach Wilson's got to go. This is not a team that drafted Josh Rosen with the 10th pick in the draft and has concluded, uh, we got a problem here. This guy's not who we thought. Move him before somebody else figures it out. This is just the the wild coincidence of having the number one overall pick in a year that you can you get better quarterback, well, and, and so you can pair a young quarterback with a defense yep. you like already, and you could get him a receiver in the top ten too. It's just a unique set of circumstances, and it's why Fields is going to get moved, and he could probably help somebody, whether that's the Falcons, whether that's the Steelers, the Raiders. Whoever will see, although it's hard to imagine the Raiders would want to reunite him with Luke Getze, but he's going to be somewhere and he's going to be a starter. It just is a question of whether he'll be here. And even for the Bears, I mean, it might not even be that they have soured on Justin Fields as a quarterback. It might just be, look, realistically, when we break down our own numbers, I'm not confident enough to tell you that we are a Super Bowl winning team in the next however many years Justin has left on his contract, what, one or two years left. 
even if I think Caleb is the same level of player as Justin, I now get to reset that clock of cheap quarterback, and I don't have to go give Justin, what, $20, $20 million to, to say, hey, maybe he's the guy. I get to kind of start it over. So I know where the Bears are coming from on this. Makes for makes for a good news if you're a Falcons fan because I think there's a lot of Falcons fans at this point who, if, if we're not certain what we're going to get in a quarterback, at least give me a guy who's from here. Well, so I've got something to cheer for. The worst thing that could have happened to him was what occurred with the Pan- with the Panthers giving him the number one pick. Because even if they had like the fifth pick, I'm not sure this is an issue for Fields. But the second worst thing yeah. that could happen to him is Daniel Jones. Because here you have a guy who's been an underachiever for most of his career, has a good year, then they they make the commitment, they sign him to a longer-term deal, and immediately he goes the wrong way. And I think the Bears are looking at this and they're saying, even if he has a great year in year four, then we got to decide to give him the long-term deal. Do we want to do that? We could have a, a major talent for four or five years at a cost-effective price, and the answer is no. Any team that trades for Justin Fields, you have to decide immediately. All right, what do we have? All right, fifth year. Like, going into the fourth year, you've got to activate that thing if Wait. you're going to. Or you can just play the fourth year, and then you can franchise him or do whatever. Um, you have you have so many fewer opportunities to evaluate Justin before he gets expensive than if you drafted him. Yeah, quick would-you-rather here, because there's a report today out of Minnesota that Kirk Cousins is looking for a three-year contract. So if you're the Falcons yes. and you're thinking about Kirk Cousins, if that report is correct, now just because you ask for it doesn't mean you'll get it, but let's just say he's asking for it. Would you rather have a 36-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury, but who before that has had good health throughout his career? He's not a top-five quarterback, but he is a top-15 quarterback. He does have a tie to the area. He would, without question, if he plays 17 games, be miles better than anything the Falcons have had since the minute Matt Ryan left the building. So would you rather have him for nothing other than money but a three-year, and based on how Kirk does business, almost certainly at least two of those guaranteed, three-year deal, or would you rather have a guy on a second, basically a two-year contract for all practical purposes with Fields, and you have to give up a second-round pick or a third-round pick that could become a second-round pick to get him? I like the idea of just giving up money, but that's a separate argument that's almost unconnected. I do whatever deal I think makes me better at quarterback. Like, which one of these deals? Damn the compensation. And I mean to another team. I mean to the player. It uses up all my salary cap. Good. Um, if it, if that's the outcome, like, let's keep it simple. Instead of, like, can I tell this to Matt all the time? What we think about the draft picks we'd give up or the draft pick we're going to use or what it does to our ability to sign other free agents do we wind up with a starting quarterback, like a real live NFL starting quarterback? Because that's the option I choose. Whatever it is that comes before that, and then we have a top ten, a number nine, whatever overall quarterback in the league. Yes, that's the one I want to do. I would roll with Fields because well, I I know what Kirk Cousins is at best, and I think Kirk has a higher floor as long as he's healthy, which is nice. But I'm a bit of a gambling man. Let me uh, let me take a dream on the upside and see if having better pieces around him. That's the other part that you didn't really see in Chicago is they did a, just an awful job Butchered of putting anything nearby. Cole Komet was his best piece to throw to. Darnell Mooney was his number one wide receiver for years. I there's more to Justin than what you saw in Chicago, and maybe he's only a half of a field reader. 
Maybe he's not a guy that can read a full field. But you know what? A lot of quarterbacks nowadays are, and that's where I would hope my coach cannot be an idiot and try to force a square peg into a round hole and adjust his scheme to the guys that he currently has. So give me the upside. Well, we'll see what they decide to do. Of course, there's also still the possibility that they say, hey, we'll, we'll get it solved in the draft. That's the one thing is one way or the other by about St. Patrick's Day, Cousins is going to be somewhere, and I don't think the Bears are even going to wait that long before they make a move with Fields because the second you get free agency open, teams start to find answers, and as soon as they find an answer with a Cousins, with a Wilson, with whatever, that's one less team that's yep. interested in bidding in a trade market for a guy like Fields. So I think I think it's going to be Fields first in a trade. No idea with Wilson what his timetable is going to be. And then I, I think you're going to see Cousins pretty quickly zero in on one of about three possibilities. And we'll see how it plays out. All right, quickly to college football because there is a ongoing discussion about what's going to happen with the college football playoff. And if you've not heard, obviously earlier this week they said, hey, we're going to have 12 teams. Five conference champions, seven at larges, and you might have thought, great, sounds good. Well, that's only for two years. The question of what it's going to look like in 2026 has still got to be resolved. And before we've even played one year of this 12-game format or 12-team format, now the word comes down yesterday that in their meeting they're talking about possibly 14, possibly 16. 14 would mean... First of all, you only have two buys for conference Mm -hmm. champions as opposed to four that you've got with the 12-team format. And obviously, 16 would mean no buys for anybody whatsoever. It's also being reported that the SEC and the Big Ten might be basically saying we each get four spots that are guaranteed to our teams in the playoff regardless of what we do. Four teams minimum from each conference get in. Chuck, the 12-teamer isn't the thing I would have loved the most. I always thought eight would be fine, but I get why they were going to do 12. More than 12, especially when we haven't even field tested it for one year, man. I don't like the sound of this at all. Well, it's when the next round of contracts sort of sort of lines up. And so two years is when a lot of conferences are going to be redoing their schedules. And it's when the playoffs has an opportunity to redo theirs. Now, the next opportunity is like 2031, 32. That's when we really find out what's going on in college football. It's not 36 like the ACC thinks. It's about four or five years before that. Um, So, um, yeah, it's just um, the latest step here uh, for the SEC and the Big Ten to say without saying, let's just envision you having a playoff without us. So we're going to tell you what we need, and by need – we mean insist on, and we're not going to participate if you don't agree to it. And so we need four spots, and the P- Big Ten's like, well, we got even more teams than that. We got 18 teams, and we're better football too, so we need four teams as well. So we need four, and we need four. All right, that's eight. Well, that's only four for everybody else. Oh, well, maybe we need to expand to 14. Um, the creep has already happened, folks. Like that ooze, that slow slide towards 16. This is just the middle ground. We we got folks looking the other way thinking, oh, no, 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 no. Not everybody has to play four extra games to win a national championship. Just those teams that aren't good enough to be in the top four. So some could conceivably play four. But the really good teams, no, they get a bye. Uh, we've changed that now to at the very top, they're going to get a bye in the 14. 
um, just these two, it's going to 16. There ain't going to be no buy. There's going to be 16. There's going to be more inventory. Follow the money. This is the easy thing. This is just a delay for two years. Even the talk about 14, that's just temporary. At some point, you're going to see it go to – you might as well at that point just make it 25, have a big, gigantic tournament at the end of your top 25. Everybody gets a chance to go for the title. So eventually, well, okay. you're going to go to 24, 25. What it's going to be coming up by, I think, 32, 33, 34, whatever, is the 20 or 22-team Big Ten and the same in the SEC – they're going to have all the playoff spots because everybody who really plays college football it's going to be in both of those like, conferences. Does, I don't know. Does anybody play real football on the pro level outside of the AFC or the NFC? And what happens at the end of those teams playing? Just the AFC has a tournament, and just the NFC has a tournament, and then their champion, like the team from the Canadian League, doesn't get to enter. The AAF doesn't get to enter. Yeah, but everybody keeps saying this. I, I still think it's hard to believe it works that well it, it, no, works, it works but i don't know if it works legally because remember what what has happened over and over uh whenever you know utah for example is undefeated gets left out of the playoff uh-huh. well, their state attorney general is going to file a suit and demand that they get in i don't know that they're going to be able i'm not an attorney i don't pretend to be but I, i'm not sure politically they're going to be able to get away with just saying for example to the whole big 12 all right we'll take a couple more of your best schools, and the rest of you can just kiss off into oblivion. No, you can I'm still not play. Sure. You can still play football. You can play your football. But I'm not sure they're going to let them do that. I think you've got enough enough people that we have seen from the NIL of the last few years. This is one of the only things that people in both parties can agree on right now in politics. Is the NCAA is a nice, juicy target, easy punching bag. Well, what's easier than standing up for Kansas and saying? The state of Kansas has two programs at K-State and Kansas that deserve to be considered for the playoff. You can't leave us out. That How many states are going to have some version of that? The Big Ten and the SEC think, well, yeah, we can leave you out. And secondly, we may leave ourselves out, as in all of these institutions, you can leave the SEC. We'll you call can the leave, SEC champion the real champion. You can, no, you can leave the SEC. You can leave the Big Ten. You can do, go do something else, just like when you left the American Association of Football and you joined this new thing called the AFL, just like when you left the American Basketball Association and you joined the NBA, just like when you left the old Big 8 and joined the new Big 12. Like, this ish happens all the time. People made up a name. We're calling it the American Athletic Conference. You know what a bunch of teams did? They left and went to this new thing. What if there's this new conference and suddenly Bama, Florida, Georgia, Auburn, who, like, there's this new thing. It happens every day in sports. Why is this so tough to believe it could happen here? Well, again, though, I go back to you're right now having enough trouble trying to get anything done to help you with NIL, to help you with anything that will protect you against antitrust. What's going to happen, especially what if you take some states and you say, well, we're going to take one of your teams. You know, ACC just, just did it with Oklahoma. And ACC, Oklahoma we'll take Virginia Tech, but we're going to leave Virginia behind. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, Florida, we're going to take. Florida and FSU are leaving UCF behind, whatever. Even the states where you're, you're taking teams may still politically have to fight. It's a callous look. It absolutely it is a callous look. I heard forever, when you, if you take the Sooners, you have to take the Cowboys. Turns out the entire time folks at OU were laughing about that. Um, people at Stillwater were going, really? We get to go we coattails? Um, I'm just, and by the way, this is a cold, just callous, bottom line look. 
there are billions of dollars at stake. And so somebody invented this thing called the Big 12 when the Southwest Conference probationed itself into non-existence and the Big 8 was not big enough. They were like, well, let's invent some. We'll call it this. Teams from these other two conferences says, all right, now together, we're in this brand new thing. I just like what we've got set up for this next two years in that, Dylan, you're talking about four conference champions get by. So you have what we've always said matters in this sport. Regular season matters. So winning your conference, you're going to qualify. You're going to get a buy. Then you've got that next tier of folks that get to host a home game. And how awesome is that going to be? The runner-ups Even if you didn't win your conference, conference, you get to have somebody in your stadium for one of the biggest games your program's ever had. And then you've still got four more teams. Hey, man, you get to go to the party. Before this, you're in Orlando at the Cheez-It Bowl or whatever. It's a good year. It's a nice year. But, man, instead, you're in the mix, win a couple of games, and big things could happen for you. Everybody has an appropriate level of incentives. Once you, once you start screwing with this, and, and, and then we also get to the fans. And who's going to be able, I don't care how big a bunch of fans you are, if you're going to insist on wedging all this stuff into the bowl system still, how many fans are going to be able to say, I'm going to travel to three bowl games none. and a championship Virtually site. That's none. ridiculous. So no. unless you're prepared to finally cut ties with the bowls altogether and say, hey, you could still have your bowl game for, you know, number 22 versus 25, but for the championship, it's all on campus until the CFB Super Bowl, whatever that's called. Until you do that, you're asking fans to pay money. I just don't see how they can do. That was one reason, for instance, like Alabama, they led this trend in the big week one neutral site paycheck game sort of coming back to campus. Part of it is because nobody had Amex fatigue like Bama fans. They had a neutral site week one every year. Uh, They had an SEC championship game a lot of years. They had one round and then two rounds of playoffs. Um, So, Part of it was you. We got to do something so we can sell tickets. So we got to beef up the home schedule. Part of it was that, like the week. It's getting tougher to get marquee matchups for the neutral site games early in the season because of that too. And and for me, just from another area of this, really quickly. Um, even aside from the money and the logistics, for just for me as a college football fan, I don't want the college game to be more like the NFL. If I wanted to watch the NFL and the NFL playoff structure and all of that, I would watch the NFL. I like college football because I prefer the college model to the NFL model. I I mean, I liked six teams originally, just back when you had actual Power Five conferences. Um, now that you don't have you know, full five Power Five conferences, a little bit different. I'm fine with 12. I think 12 works for the way you're laying out, gives everybody a little bit of incentive. I think you're going a little bit crazy if you say, we haven't even tried this out yet, but we're already telling you we don't think this is going to be very good. Well, then why did you decide to implement it in the first place? Coming up, we've got a chance for dinner to be on us if you can beat Chuck at his own game. And 6A the fan, 937FM. You can't win! And we're gonna let it burn, 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 burn. We're gonna let it burn, burn, burn. All right, 680 the fan, 937 FM. It's Chuck and Chernoff, Heath Klein, Dylan Short, Chuck Oliver here with you. Do not forget that the coach Damon Stoudemire show, driven by Hyundai, returns live from Hattie B's Hot Chicken. In West Midtown, coming up this Monday at 7 o'clock. Make sure you get there for the good word. That's hosted by Wally Ballard and Chris Mooneyham. That's at 6. They'll be breaking down everything Georgia Tech. And then it's the Damon Stoudemire Show, driven by Hyundai at 7 o'clock Tuesday, live from Hattie B's Hot Chicken on 10th Street in West Midtown. It's suicide. You've seen him. You know how strong he is. You can't win. 
It's time to win Chuck's Dinner. Served up by our next chop shop, a fresh modern expression of the classic American steakhouse. Have you been to Arnett's? Treat yourself. Go to Arnett's um, for $100 off, and that's the structure of the game. If you get more right answers in a round than me, then you get a $100 gift card to Arnett's. Again, that's how it's set up. If it actually goes that way, it's sort of dependent upon you. But um, it's an exemplary meal, man. If you don't win the card, go anyway. Uh, First Lady and I, we're going Saturday. So there's that. All right. Well, we've got three people ready to take you on, Chuck. And uh, I will tell you that the categories today are going to be Heath, Dylan, and Kang. Kang category should be interesting for Chuck. All right. Chuck will now head into the isolation booth so he cannot hear the questions, but it is time for us to get some of the callers into the mix here. First up, we have Tim. Tim, welcome to 6A The Fan. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? Doing great. Now, have you played Winchuck's Dinner before? Never have. Listen to it all the time, but this is my first time putting my toe in the water. All right. You feeling confident? You feeling good? Yeah, I was till I heard the uh, categories, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to... to, to soldier on through with the going with the Kang Kang category. All right. Well, there we go. We we know what category already it is that he's picked out. I will now turn you over to DT and let him work his magic. Uh, but first, we've got to put 60 seconds on the clock. Let's see if you can win Chuck's dinner from Arnett's Chop Shop. Kang Kong has found himself pitted against this rival lizard in multiple feature films. Godzilla. That is correct. Kang Jaffe Joffer of Zamunda was portrayed by James Earl Jones in this criminally underrated 1988 comedy film. Coming to America. That is correct. Kang George III was the king of Britain during this famous war. Uh, hmm, hmm. World War II? That is incorrect. Stephen King wrote the popular novel that inspired the movie starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. Shawshank Redemption. That is correct. Which planet in our solar system is the largest? Jupiter. That is correct. Dead or Alive, actress Sophia Loren. Alive. That is correct. What is the capital of Mississippi? Jackson. That is correct. All right. Strong showing. Let's go ahead. Bring the Kang back in here. Chuck, uh, the uh, category that was selected by Tim was Kang. So that's where we're going to start for you. Okay, Derek, I'm not like reading lips through the glass, man. I've got my eyes on you out there in the isolation booth, Chuck. All right, right, so Kang. (laughs) Chuck, deep breath. Kang is a category. All right. Let's put 60 seconds on Chuck's game clock, and let's see if he can keep his dinner from our next chop shop. Kang Kong has found himself pitted against this rival lizard in multiple feature films. Godzilla. That is correct. Kang Jaffe Joffer of Zamunda was portrayed by James Earl Jones in this criminally underrated 1988 comedy film. Coming to America. That is correct. Kang George III was the king of Britain during this famous war. That, oh, um, uh, American Independence? Yep. Okay, we'll accept that. Stephen King wrote the popular novel that inspired this movie starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. Oh, Shawshank Redemption. That is correct. Which planet in our solar system is the largest? Oh, is that uh, Jupiter? That is correct. Dead or alive, actress Sophia Loren. She's alive. She is? And finally, finally, what is the capital of Mississippi? Uh, Jackson. That is correct. 
All right. Well, Chuck, you uh, you ran the table. Damn went right. Seven for seven. Mm-hmm. Strong. Who did I play against? Uh, you were going against Tim. And how did strong, Tim perform? Strong showing out of Tim. How did Tim do? Six. You can't win. Oh snap! And nicely done there, Tim. Valiant effort, man, but unfortunately not able to get Chuck's dinner. Still worth going this time Tim. around. We appreciate you participating. All right, Chuck, get out of here. Yeah. Get back into the uh, isolation booth here. Uh, we'll have to. Tim missed uh, the, the the war. Which, which we had like a debate. I didn't know if we were going to have to go to the judges on that for a second, but uh, we, we, we counted it. All right, so Corey is up next. Corey, welcome to 6A The Fan. How are you? All right, we lost Corey, so we will go instead to Eric. Eric, welcome. You're on 680 The Fan. How are you? All right. Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. All right, Eric. You feeling, you feeling good? You feeling confident about your chances against the King? You bet. First time you've done this? First time. All right, another first-timer. Last one did really well. We'll see whether you can take him or not. Your category options remaining are Dylan or Heath. Heath. All right, so Heath is the question. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock and see if you can win Chuck's dinner from our next chop shop. Heath Ledger died shortly after portraying the Joker in this 2008 Christopher Nolan film. Batman. Oh, Knight. You need more specific. Sorry. That is incorrect. The Heath Bar, the Heath Bar, now 110 years old, features milk chocolate covering this signature ingredient. Nougat. It's incorrect. From the comic strip and TV series, Heath Cliff is often associated with or even confused with this fellow orange cat. Pass. Keith Bell, former big league closer, twice won the Relief Man Award, sponsored by this fast-acting heartburn medicine. Pass. Which planet in our solar system is closest to the sun? Mercury. That is correct. Dead or alive, actor Donald Sutherland. All right, so a little bit of a rougher ride for you, but we'll see. We'll see. Never what, know. Maybe that's you can what they make get it. for picking the Heath and not picking Dylan. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see. They, they may be afraid it was Bob Dylan yeah, stuff. Just nothing but Bob fair. Dylan lyrics, one after the next, coming up in the next category. We don't know. Uh, Chuck is back in here. Chuck, Heath is the category here. Heath. Take a deep breath. Uh, uh, who did I play against here? You're going against Eric. Eric. Do I have history with Eric? You do not. Okay. So, rookie. All right. All right. He's feeling good. Let's put 60 seconds on Chuck's game clock, see if he can keep his dinner from Arnett's Chop Shop. Heath Ledger died shortly after portraying the Joker in this 2008 Christopher Nolan film. Dark Knight. That is correct. The Heath Bar, now 110 years Ooh, old, good bar. <laughs> features milk chocolate covering this signature Coffee. ingredient. That is correct. From the comic strip and TV series, Heath Cliff is often associated or even confused with this fellow orange cat. Oh, is that Garfield? That is correct. Heath Bell, former big league closer, twice won the Relief Man Award, sponsored by this fast-acting heartburn oh, medicine. That is correct. Which planet is closest to our sun? Is that Mercury? That is correct. Dead or alive, actor Donald Sutherland. Oh, he's alive. He is alive. Yeah, yeah. Finally, what is the capital of Maine? Uh, Augustus. That is incorrect. It's Augusta, we were looking for. What did it? You said Augustus. 
Oh, hell, Augusta, Maine. I'm sorry. So, ah, did I win? Tell me I won. Tell me I won. Tell you, me I didn't lose on that. You didn't lose on that. Uh, you, you squeezed out a victory you against Eric. You can't win. It was, it was really close. How did Eric do? Uh, Eric will probably do better you next time. You can't win. He Eric tried hard. He's the, one, the one he got, he nailed. I mean, he you was on it. You can't win. Eric was bending spoons. Eric, yeah, he, he he nailed the one he got. Really Easy well. on Eric, first timer. No, it's first time. Oh, are you a little absolutely. nervous? The tick 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 tick. No, yeah, just, okay, yeah. Yeah. discourage Eric's, more first timers. Uh, Come on, Eric man. is going to do a great job the next time out. Again, you know, toffee cartoon cats. It's, it's weird stuff. He, who can blame him? All right, back to the isolation booth for Chuck. Saturday's going to be so good. We got one more contestant that's going to try and take Chuck's dinner away from him. We'll see whether or not he can do it. It's Thomas. Thomas, welcome to Six A. The fan. How are you, man? Pretty good. How are y'all? Uh, doing all right. So you, you've, you've heard the last couple there. You, you feel like you can take the king? Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. That doesn't, sound com- that doesn't sound confident to me. You sure, Thomas? I feel like I'll be in the middle of both. All right. You've got to believe, Thomas. You've got to say, I'm going to own that guy. Come on now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to own this guy. All right. There Thank you, Thomas. Go, That's what we like to hear. All right, let's uh, put 60 seconds on the clock. Your category is going to be Dylan, because that's the one that's left. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock, see if you can win Chuck's dinner from Arnett's Chop Shop. Bob Dylan was the original author of All Along the Watchtower, made more popular by this late musician. Uh, Elvis Presley. That is incorrect. Matt Dillon starred alongside Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz in this 1998 Fairly Brothers movie. Uh, Pass. Dillon, Texas, is the setting for this television series centered around big-time high school football. Friday Night Lights. That is correct. Dylan McKay from TV's 90210 was portrayed by this dreamy actor. Pass. Which planet in our solar system is furthest away from the sun? Uh, I don't think Pluto is considered a planet anymore, so it's got to be... Hmm, Saturn? That's incorrect. Dead or alive, journalist Barbara Walters. She's still alive. That is incorrect. What is the capital of California? All right, Thomas, we'll see, uh, we'll see if we can make it stand up for you here. Valiant effort. All right, Chuck, you're back in the studio. Yeah, huh? The category this time, of course, is going to be Dylan, the last remaining category. Deep breath, see if you can hold on to the last card. Ah. All right. Here we go. Let's put 60 seconds on Chuck's game clock and see if he can keep his dinner from our Nets Chop Shop. Bob Dylan was the original author of All Along the Watchtower, made more popular by this. Jimmy. That is correct. We'll take your word for it. Hendrix. Hendrix, there you go. Matt Dillon starred alongside Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz in this 1998 Fairly Brothers movie. Uh, Something about Mary. That is correct. Dillon, Texas is the setting for this television series centered around big-time high school football. That is correct. Dylan McKay from TV's 90210 was portrayed by this dreamy actor. Uh, That would be Jason Priestley. That's incorrect. That would be Luke Perry. Well, you only get one, Chuck. Which popular, excuse me, which planet in our solar system is the furthest away from the sun? Oh, is that uh, Uranus? Incorrect. Dead or alive, journalist Barbara Walters. She's dead. That is correct. What is the capital of California? Sacramento. That is correct. Correct. Tell me I didn't lose a card. Tell me I didn't lose a card. Tell me I didn't lose a card. You didn't lose a card. Thank you. You can't win. Chuck goes three for three. You damn right. 
you, 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 got you just assumed you were going to have Uranus on there? I I am on guard against y'all, yes. <laughs> so did we get an answer, though? Did we get a definitive answer on were we is gonna Pluto, Pluto? going to be counted as a no, planet? No, yeah, Pluto's not a planet. Neptune is the correct answer. Okay, so Pluto would not have counted as the correct answer. That's some music. Coming up next in Unfinished Business, we found out if Chuck was right about one night in the swamp and how I'm bad when it comes to Johnny B. Good. You can't win! We all know Chuck has a lot of random thoughts throughout the show. Why don't you have him cutting his penis off then, huh? And Matt likes to tell crappy jokes no one understands. Chuck, all due respect, what the f*** are you doing? So now, it's time to circle back on some stuff we didn't get to the bottom of. Why, 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 why? We now present to you Unfinished Business on Chuck and Chernoff. Welcome back, 6A of the Fan, 93.7 FM. Heath, earlier in the show, you had mentioned that you haven't seen Back to the Future, and I'm going to guess you're somewhere in that 35 to 55 range. You don't have to give us your exact age. How is this possible? And what other classics have you not seen that we would give you some crap for? Well, it depends on how you define classics, but um, no, I just, I never got around to seeing the first one. And then, I don't know, I just never made a high priority of saying I'm going to go and get it at the video store and... I don't watch movies on TV. I don't watch TV basically at all unless it's either sports or maybe news. So right call never at, saw it. at not jumping in into the second or third one. You need to see them. Yeah, you. you want to go in order. Flux capacitor. Have you seen Karate Kid at least? Uh, the original and then uh, I think the second one. Is that the one where they go to Japan is the second one? Yeah, it is. Yeah, anything beyond that I haven't seen. One and two I did see. I saw a lot of movies. I just never saw this one. That's all. Is there any other on the list that you're that you know would people would give you a hard time about that's the one that everybody always reacts to i never watched another one of the star wars ones after the first three i didn't go for the and see any the, of the prequels the clones or any of that stuff i i i stayed on three just like i decided you know what dial of destiny indiana jones i'm gonna leave that alone but but i think i saw most of the other things that people consider the classics star wars is the one for me i haven't still haven't seen any star wars movie i'm not sure where to start that's not something to be proud of wait, wait, what you, to do you're, you're coming no. at me about back to the freaking that's future way worse. and you've never seen the original star wars yeah you know they don't do back to the future nights at the ballpark where where do i start here you know you start With at the, the prequels one. and go all the way through okay all right i'll get a list and check it out you don't need to it's all on disney plus just literally go to the star wars tab and just click one you right. got dudes that dress up as stormtroopers even now i don't see anybody walking around dressed as doc brown it's fair are you telling me you built a time machine (laughs) uh earlier in the show chuck you said that former south carolina running back marcus Lattimore had either 41 or 42 carries against florida in the swamp back in 20 2010 yeah you were oh so close oh so close he did have 42 touches in the game but he had 40 carries for 212 and three touchdowns he did have two catches (laughs) For 31 yards and a 36-14 win over the Gators. Nice job, Chuck. 40 rushes as a eight, freshman. 18. That's oh. outrageous. Cadillac oh. had a game in Athens his freshman year. And I'll I never... wonder why both his knees blew out. Cadillac was nuts, by the way, too. Yeah, he had so like good. 40 or 41 touches Ronnie in Athens Brown. as a freshman. Ronnie Brown. Yeah. Where does his that, that Lattimore injury, I mean, is it? The first one that... or the second one? Uh, They're gruesome as hell. Yeah. Was it State in Tennessee? Yeah, it was Mississippi State the first time. He was blocking on that play, but the second one, the Tennessee dude just went right into his knee. Blew it It up. is ugly. You do not want to see that. Nerve damage, bad, bad stuff. Was that one worse or the Willis McGahee one? Oh, definitely Lattimore. That ruined Lattimore's career. Lattimore yeah. would have been first-round mm-hmm. running back, and nobody would have had a question about Nick it. Nick Chubb in Knoxville 
like they showed the replay and they're like, yeah, we're not showing that again. So mm-hmm. let's move on to the game. So yeah. er- earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, when Stephen A. Smith turned into a real personality. Dinky winky. <laughs> not just a yelling <laughs> mouthpiece. Um, and it was indeed the uh, Oberto beef jerky commercial. Chuck, you were right about that. It was Richard Sherman and the voice in his stomach, which was Stephen A. Take a listen. Richard Sherman. Richard, you're going to give me a splinter. I'm now a little voice in my stomach. We need protein, and I'm not talking about Jack Lynch. I want all-natural Alberto beef jerky. You sure do know jerky, a little voice in my stomach. You got that right. Do you ever just take a nap? Alberto beef jerky. You get out what you put in. It's funny. That's a little voice in my stomach. That's funny to me. I also had a little penny doll back in the day. I thought that was. Oh, you don't know little penny? Oh, Colin. Colin, you don't know little penny? Oh, Colin. I had a, oh, Colin. I, I had a little penny doll. That's unfortunate. You, you should know the little penny. At least I can blame my age. Yeah. Oh, how go, dare you? You're gonna YouTube little penny, and you're gonna have a good time tonight. Yeah. That's uh. We might we might get back to that uh, an unfinished business tomorrow. Little penny was awesome. I would do the voice, but you don't need oh, me come doing on. voices right now. No, 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 not no? with this voice. You want to give it a whirl? All right. Nah, I barely got my voice going. <laughs> So this is a follow-up from back in time. Uh, Nick Cellini had informed us that uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy won the Grammy for Song of the Year on this day in 1989. Here were the other finalists, because I was just curious what else was on this list, right? It was Giving You the Best That I Got by Anita Baker, Skip Scarborough, and Randy Holland. Uh, You had Piano in the Dark by Brenda Brenda Russell, Jeff Hall, and Scott Cutler. Uh, Be Still My Beating Heart by Sting. And then Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, which has obviously had a huge resurgence this year with Luke Combs and everything that they did at the Grammys as well. One of these things is not like the others because you got two slow jams there, and then you got Sting, which, I don't know, was that like his 93rd best song yeah. that Sting ever wrote? Yep. And then, yeah, Fast Car. Tracy trying to inject a little knowledge into our lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so following up on some winged answers that we got on Twitter, what's the most ridiculous thing you've lost your temper about? Uh, we had a couple sports-related ones. So Rob said when the Braves lost Game 5 of the 2019 NLDS, that was the one for him. Jim's, Jim says – That's a faulty game. He said uh, – Yeah, that was the faulty game. That was the uh, missed opportunity to double play by Freddie Freeman at first. Uh, yep. yep. Any other bad memories over there, Dylan, from that uh, one? Pretty much everything in there. That's what started the whole idea that Ronald doesn't hustle, and I've been fighting people ever since. Boo, Ronnie. Uh, Jim, that was Reagan. I was talking about Reagan. It was. <laughs> Jim says uh, caring about UGA hoops when it was apparent that Tom Crean didn't care. Um, we also had Matt saying probably my daughter taking a strike three, looking in eight U softball. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Uh, that parent, you know, if you will. Oh, you got to swing the bat. I mean, yeah. go down swinging. <laughs> Eight you? When's the line that you can start to get mad at your kids for looking at the? When the kids the, start, pitching. I don't know. When they take a strike with two two strikes, that's it. Like you got to swing with, you got to change your, got to change things, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Eight you? Is that still coach pitch? Did she get struck out by her coach with her bat on the shoulder? She may have. I mean, oh, either that way, deserves it was looking. He's grooving one. Here's a cookie. Yeah, that deserves it. I'm sorry. Two strikes. Get the bat off your shoulder. And that's gonna wrap it up for unfinished business today, guys. She got to walk home. She got to walk home. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck drives a very hard deal with the kids. No no middle ground here. You either achieve or you failed, folks. We like winners in this house. All right, time for us to wrap it up for today. We will be back here with you tomorrow. We want to say big thanks 
to Cullen as well as Brian and Derek for everything that they did producing. Thanks to you for listening. For Chuck and Dylan, I'm Heath. We will see you tomorrow right here at 2 o'clock on 6A The Fan, 93.7 FM. Have a great night. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon Background Screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com.